Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Today is Friday, November 12, 2021. Coming up on Roland Martin Unfiltered, broadcasting live from Los Angeles. Attorney Ben Crump has filed more than 100 lawsuits regarding the tragic case out of Astroworld uh, Festival uh, involving Travis Scott and Live Nation. Also, the ninth person has died. We will talk with him right here about those lawsuits. Also on today's show, Howard University alumni, they're going to be protesting tomorrow on the yard 
aligning uh, with the students who have now entered their 30-day of protest. We'll talk with one of those Howard University alumni leaders about tomorrow's gathering. Also on today's show, uh, former White House Senior Advisor Steve Bannon has been indicted by a federal grand jury for, for contempt of Congress. We'll tell you exactly what that means. Also, what about, what about former White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows? Hmm. He might want to cooperate with Congress as a result of uh, today's indictment. Also, uh, on today's show, we'll talk about uh, three African-Americans, uh, women who work for Washington State Sheriff's Department. They filed a discrimination, discrimination lawsuit against them. Also, uh, a strange twist in one of our black, black and missing cases. We'll tell you about that as well. It's a jam-packed show. Lots to uncover, lots to unpack, including the latest in the Ahmaud Arbery uh, case uh, trial update where the three white men who were on trial, remember yesterday, one of their white attorneys said he didn't want black pastors coming into the courtroom? He's now apologizing. Really? We'll talk with the legal analyst, Candace Kelly. It is time to bring the funk on Roland Martin Unfiltered from Los Angeles on the Black Star Network. Let's go. He's got it. Whatever the miss, he's on it. Whatever it is, he's got the scoop, the fact, the find. And when it breaks, he's right on time. And it's rolling. Best believe he's knowing. Putting it down from sports to news to politics. With entertainment just for kicks, he's rolling. Folks, sad news. A ninth person has died who attended uh, the Astroworld Festival concert last week uh, featuring Travis Scott uh, and others. Texas A&M University student Barty Shahani uh, becomes the ninth person to pass away. She showed no brain activity uh, and uh, her family as a result. Uh, take her off of life support. There have been a number of lawsuits that have been filed uh, as a result. Today, attorney Ben Crump announced uh, more than 100 of those lawsuits. He joined us right now on Roller Martin Unfiltered. Uh, ben, always glad to have you back on the show. Uh, this is certainly tragic. Nine folks uh, have died. Uh, and so tell us about uh, these lawsuits, the, the number of people who you are representing uh, who uh, and who are you filing lawsuits against. Is it against Travis Scott, Live Nation, Harris County, with uh, NRG, where the venue was taking place? What are those details? Roland Martin, thank you for having me. We are filing lawsuits against any and everybody who had responsibility, who had the authority to stop the concert at the moment when they first started having people passing out and fainting. There were 911 calls that started as early as 904, but yet they let the concert continue on for another 40 to 45 minutes. And in that time, there were several people who suffered catastrophic injuries, like our client, nine-year-old uh, Isra Blunt, who is on life support in an induced coma, uh, fighting for his life. And so, Roland Martin, we filed the lawsuit today with over 100 of our plaintiffs that we represent, because when you go to a concert, it should be safe. 
it should not be the scene of a deadly disaster. One of the things that uh, I saw uh, previous comments where uh, the police chief uh, of Houston uh, stated that they didn't have jurisdiction. Now, I'm born and raised in Houston. That particular facility, uh, NRG Park, that's where the stadium is, where the Houston Texans play. That's also the grounds where the Houston Astrodome is. That's Harris County domain. But to listen to the police chief say they didn't have authority to stop the concert, I'll be honest with you, Ben, I'm sitting here going, man, if I'm seeing that unfold, just who I am, I'm going to walk on that damn stage and say, bruh, Folks are dying. Shut it down. And so what do you make of that to hear the Houston police chief uh, where they had hundreds of officers who were on the scene say they somehow didn't have the authority to stop the concert? Yeah, Roland, and you are a Houstonian and you know Houston well. It is clear that they could have stopped this concert. They had the authority. In fact, we understand that through our investigation that the police chief did meet with Travis Scott and the organizers and expressed concern. Well, if you're doing that, you have the authority to make sure that the safety of the citizens who you take an oath to protect and serve are at first safe. So if you see where you're getting all these 911 calls and people are fainting and passing out, then you have a duty to act. But I want to say the greatest uh, culprit in all of this Roland is Live Nation, in my estimation. They are the multi-billion dollar corporation who does 80% of the music festivals and concerts in the entire world. They should have had safety protocols in place. They should have had crowd control uh, personnel in place. They should have had medical personnel in place. They knew they sold 50,000 tickets. So a lot of this with the law is foreseeability. And is it foreseeable that you can have a situation at a music festival where there are no seats that people can rush the stage? It's not only foreseeable, it's something that has happened before. So we are suing not just to get justice for those who were injured, but we're also trying to make sure that this is prevented where never again will people go to a music festival with their family and end up what's supposed to be a good memory is the worst nightmare of your life. And on that particular point there, uh, the Houston Chronicle has done reporting showing uh, that Live Nation, U.S. and International, they've had other incidents at other concerts across the globe, safety violations where people have also died as well. Earlier that day, that morning, uh, folks stormed the gates and bust through. You would have thought after that happened, uh, that would have been an immediate assessment on the ground of security protocols. Here's that video right there where they couldn't stop folks from bum rushing in. That happened several hours earlier before that tragic incident that night. Yeah, exactly, Roland. They were put on notice so many times for the day that the was everybody to ask them for a and I was uh, well uh, it's, uh, it's and, and, and I mm -hmm. would just say here, go ahead go ahead the, the fact that you can't 
we got to make a change here. It just can't be business as usual because people lost their children. I mean, high school students. Israel is only nine years old. You had college students. These were young people who went there thinking that it was going to be safe. Never, when you watch the press conference today, you heard those people describing truly what was a disaster, not a natural disaster, but a man-made disaster that was all controlled by Live Nation. And so we have to make sure that they have accountability because they think they can just sweep this under the rug and that these people in Houston, lives aren't that important. Well, we're sending the message to Live Nation. That's why we're asking everybody who had video uh, and uh, of any kind who attended the festival, please uh, contact us at astroworldclaimshelp.com so we can get all the evidence so we can get the answers. Furthermore, if you were there, we want to get your testimonies. And so we're asking everybody to please contact us and tell us what they saw. And if you were injured, obviously, you deserve to make sure that there's somebody held accountable, whether it's physical or mental, because rolling a lot of people, mental health is free. A lot of people life was changed by witnessing their friends get crushed and killed. All right, then. Uh, Attorney Ben Crump, we certainly appreciate it. Thank you so very much. Uh, And uh, this story certainly has not ended. It will be going on for quite some time. Thank you very much. Roland, we need you to come to Brunswick, Georgia next week with the black pastors. Uh, send me a text message. Let me know when they're going to be there. Uh, I know we have to be in New York later next week for some interviews, but uh, uh, hit me up and let me know uh, uh, when, and we'll try to see if we can work that out. All right, Roland Black America, we count on you, brother. All right. I appreciate it. Thanks a bunch. Uh, I want to bring in my panel, Michael Inhotep, host of the African History Network show, Killer Bethea Communication Strategist, also for Archie Muhammad Radio and TV host. Uh, I'm going to start with you, Michael. Uh, again, what happened here, absolutely tragic. Nine people have died. Folks still are in the hospital. Uh, and you mm-hmm. heard Ben say they that there were issues. They, they had issues earlier in the day. They had issues. They had issues in 2019. Right. How do you have all of those security personnel that Mayor Sylvester Turner of Houston said uh, there were more than enough uh, officials there, HPD, HPD police officers, private security as well, plus the county? How in the world does this happen? I mean, Roland, you know, just looking at people just rushing through. Michael, you're muted. Uh, oh, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Got to unmute before you talk. Can you hear me? I'm not <clears throat> muted. Can you hear uh, me? We can't can't hear Michael. Uh, let me go to Faraji. Faraji, uh, please uh, share your thoughts again on what happened here. I mean, I think I think what happened is just a great tragedy. But I, I'm trying to understand a couple of things, brother Roller. One is after the initial bum rush of Testing. metal detectors and all of and all of those things. Why wasn't the concert canceled altogether? Because you saw the rowdiness of the crowd. Um, And and if you saw the crowd acting that way, you saw people getting hurt from the very beginning. I mean, I've read reports from the chief saying that he talked to uh, uh, Travis Scott himself, saying that, look, we look like this is going to be a problem. There's been other reports saying that there were multiple signs throughout the day saying that this thing might get out of control. Why not stop it? And I know it's a big moneymaker for Travis Scott, for Live Nation, for a lot of people. But the reality is, 
this this was like something that could really have been prevented. And that's the sad part about this whole situation, Brother Rowan. The fact is, is that nine people died at, like Brother uh, Ben Crump said, at a memorable experience, and it all could have been prevented. And and that's that's the hard that's the hard pill to swallow right now, especially when you're the victim's family. Michael, what's hard here also again, um, you know, I can't remember the last concert that I attended where you mm -hmm. didn't have seats or whatever. And, and Ben is absolutely right. I mean, bottom line, fifty thousand people. If, right. if they actually make a rush forward, I mean, I, I give you the only time that I've probably been in that situation. Uh, I was in Ireland uh, a number of years ago, uh, uh, more than 20 years ago, uh, and it was New Year's Eve. We were in Trafalgar Square. Uh, actually, it was in, went to Ireland and London. We were in, we were in Trafalgar Square uh, in London for New Year's Eve, and it was probably was about 10,000 or, or more people, uh, and, and, and folks were, uh, so we were in the square, and then we were leaving. Uh, folks were pushing and pushing and pushing, and I'm talking about, I mean, it got, it got real uncomfortable. Uh, and so there were not that many black people uh, who were there. Uh, and then all of a sudden, uh, I yell, hey, stop the goddamn pushing. And all of a sudden, all, all the folks that were around us sort of froze. And it was like the Red Sea. Uh, and it was four of us. I was like, all right, let's go. And folks just stopped. But again, in this situation, loud music, you can't right. hear. Folks were yelling. You literally could not hear. And so you have to plan for that. You just you just can't have a situation to where thousands are rushing towards the stage. And apparently what happened was they were at other stages. And when Travis mm -hmm. Scott tweeted what time he was coming on stage, they all rushed to that stage. And just and that's where the mayhem started. Well, you know, you had 50,000 tickets sold, as, as Attorney Benjamin Crump just said. And then if you looked at the video that you were showing while you were interviewing him and you see people rushing through the security gates, right right there, you have, I mean, that's not supposed to happen. So I, I don't know if they had to go through metal detectors or supposed to or what, but you, I mean, it's, this is just mayhem. This is, this, is, this is a recipe for disaster. And live, you know, Live Nation, they do like what, 80% of the uh, concerts in the country. So, uh, and that the, the other thing is, is that coming out of um, things opening up after corona, the coronavirus pandemic, right? Come on, you, man. You know, you're going to have this place packed, all right? Because so many things were shut down during COVID 19. You're going to have yep. this packed. So, so you have to be ready for this. I mean, this is, I mean, there's huge. There are going to be huge lawsuits behind this. Kelly. Now I agree with um, both panelists here. It is unfortunate that all you know we have nine victims for a for an event that is supposed to be festive. It is a music festival. But for me, my concern is um, those who really think that Travis Scott is at fault um, at the. In public opinion, you can argue that he is, but Texas is a modified comparative negligence state, meaning that if the defendant is found to be more than 50 percent uh, liable for the entire situation, then he is uh, found uh, liable for the damages uh, incurred by way of this uh, incident. I don't know, um, just based off of what I've seen and read off uh, 
based off of this festival, that Travis Scott would necessarily be more than 50% at fault. However, Live Nation, who has the duty uh, of care here regarding security, regarding um, just crowd control, all of these things, and they have a history of not doing this uh, effectively. So the fact that Live Nation has a history of concerts going haywire, the fact that Live Nation um, was responsible for security, as so, so far as I know, um, Live Nation is responsible for security. Live Nation is uh, responsible for the, the, the flow of traffic into that festival. Um, they should be the ones at the forefront of this saying, hey, you're right, we're sorry, how much money do you want? Because at this point, the nine lives, you're never going to get back. But the only damages and uh, the only solution, so to speak, that you can get as a plaintiff in this case is is uh, monetary damages. So I hope that Live Nation understands this and does not um, litigate to the point where they're really, really the bad guy as opposed to, you know, accepting fault and moving forward. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. 
you have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. All right, then, folks, let's not go to our second story. Right, tomorrow uh, on Howard University's campus, uh, the university alumni are going to be holding a rally in support of the students who have been occupying the Blackburn Center. They have been complaining about housing conditions and other issues on the campus. Uh, they've been complaining they're not getting satisfactory answers from the Howard University leadership, uh, including President Wayne Frederick. They've been asking for uh, a, a campus-wide town hall and other issues. Joining us right now uh, is April Silver. She's the founder of Aquila uh, Work Songs, uh, graduate of the Howard University. April, glad to have you here. Uh, and so how many alumni are you expecting and why uh, did y'all decide uh, to have this event uh, on the you know, Howard University campus of uh, uh, standing with these students? Well, thank you uh, for having me. I'm on the campus right now. I just got here from Brooklyn. I'm outside. So uh, the we expect a, a great number of people to show up tomorrow. And we are billing this as uh, Howard Unity Day. Um, because there's been a lot of things going on, like, you, like you've mentioned. There are a number of issues that uh, the students are holding up. Today is day 30, as your audience might know. The students went into the Blackburn Center October 12th. So our job as alum, as graduates, as faculty, because we will have faculty on campus tomorrow, is to um, wrap our arms figuratively around the students. Uh, I've been involved with uh, uh, providing uh, just, just moral support, uh, comfort, uh, uh, counsel. And one thing that we say since, since day one, let me be clear on that. And one of the things that I've said from the very beginning, as so many of us have said, we're not here to give instructions. This is your protest. Part of the reason, though, why people listen, uh, the students, um, because uh, myself and a number of other people, including the mayor of Newark, who will be here tomorrow, were the architects and leaders of the 1989 protest 32 years ago. And that's when we occupied the administration building um, and the university and the, uh, uh, the board of trustees during that time in 1989 sent the militia in to forcibly remove us uh, doing a, a, a peaceful protest. And our objective was to get uh, the F order off the board of trustees. The reason I bring that up on a regular basis is to, to tell the whole truth about Howard University. It is the university that we love and we adore, and I'm a proud graduate. It is also the university that had in their mind that it was okay to bring someone like Lee Atwater to the to the highest level decision-making uh, entity on campus. So we, we are uh, supporting the students because they have long vision and they have short vision as well, meaning they want the, the mold and the infestation, they want, to, they want that gone. They want to be heard as students. But what the media doesn't cover a lot is that they are uh, uh, equally concerned about having their voices removed from the Board of Trustees. In June, the Board of Trustees at Howard University decided that it would get rid of the what are known as affiliate trustee positions. And that's where students, faculty, and alumni had voting power on the board. That doesn't exist any longer. Um, we're not talking about students being on a committee. We're talking about 
shared governance and having voting power and the opportunity to be heard um, on the full board. So that's gone. So I want your audience to know that while they are concerned about their material, uh, uh, they have material concerns and housing insecurity is an important thing. But these students have longer visions besides just their immediate needs. And that's why what we call shared governance is on the table for them as well. But also it's important to note that they just want to be at a place where their president would have a meeting with them. And that has not happened with the full body of those who are protesting. Um, so we support that. Abraham, um, have you and the alumni... April, have you and alumni, have, have y'all communicated with the administration, with the president? Um, a lot of alumni have. The board chair is an alum. Uh, uh, Dr. Morris is, a, is an alum. I have not, to answer your question more specifically, I have not communicated with anybody in the administration. Um, our the, the student's legal counsel, Donald Temple, who is a graduate from Howard University as well, and who helped us helped save our lives in 1989 when uh, the president then, President Cheek, called the militia on us. He was our legal counsel in 1989. He was the legal counsel for the students in 2018, and he's the legal counsel now. So he is in communication and doing negotiations right now, of which I can't, you know, of course, elaborate uh, with, with uh, uh, officials. The, and, and to be fair and to be clear, there was a state of the university address uh, last Friday, I believe it was, a week ago. So the, the president has come out in a broad way to talk about the state, the state of affairs. And he kind of danced around, you know, the protest. But it's not to the satisfaction of the students in terms of the student leadership that are in the building. And that's important for people to understand that distinction. So I'm only communicating what the students have said, but I want the community at large, your audience, to know that alumni have have stepped up. They have pent up energy. They are hurt. They are embarrassed to see what we call baby bison going through this because so many of them remember this story as their own story when they were students here. So the alumni uh, are ready to do something than just send an email to the board or to send just a, or to make a donation. There is the need to connect face to face. And I'm wearing my mask uh, as, 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 as an affirmation that we want you to come on the yard, on the main campus, but we want to practice safety protocols as well. So that's an affirmation. But the alumni have given tens and thousands of dollars just to this particular cause. They have come and slept on the ground. The students' parents are in the building, uh, you, you know, during visiting hours because it's structured in that way. So I just want to shout out to the alum, to the faculty who have courageously uh, stood out, not not whispering, but boldly coming to meetings and sleeping outside with the students in what is called Tent City. The support has been phenomenal. Your show has been phenomenal. Your audience might know. Uh, 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 Elizabeth Warren came out and expressed, Senator uh, Elizabeth Warren came out and expressed her solidarity with the students. Countless of people have done so, and they are inspired by that. At the same time, they can't figure out why the world is outraged 
but they can't get a meeting with the with with the with the president of the, the university. So that smells like and it feels like a disregard. It feels inhumane. This is a 30-day protest where these young people, 18 and 19 years old, most of them are women, are sleeping in tents uh, to make a statement. So I, I just wanted to affirm that for sure. All right, then. Uh, well, we certainly uh, appreciate you coming on to the show, uh, and uh, we'll keep uh, covering this story. We've, we've actually been on the campus talking with students, but also talking with the administrators as well. Uh, and one of the things that, that, I, that I said uh, to uh, publicly on uh, social media and here, uh, that uh, if, if they desire, if, if they need sort of uh, a third party to, to moderate uh, that town hall, we certainly be willing to do so, live stream it as well, uh, to be able to take questions from the students, but also administration, uh, and so that offer still stands. And so uh, we appreciate it. Thanks a lot. We appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks a lot. I want to quickly go to my panel here, uh, and I'll, I'll start with you, uh, uh, Kelly, and that is, again, this has been going on 30 days. Uh, and uh, the result of the students is clear, but the result of the administration is clear. Reverend Jesse Jackson Sr. tried to mediate this, uh, did not get any headway. Uh, that, that sent a whole lot, considering he was able to get hostages uh, out of Kosovo, from uh, out, of, uh, uh, out of Cuba, uh, out of uh, Iraq, and other places. Uh, and so, uh, again, n n neither side is giving in. Uh, and so uh, what do you think uh, happens here? I mean, have you met a Howard student of any class, graduated or otherwise? They're stubborn. Um, but for good reason this time, right? Because um, it's not just the Howard students who are complaining to administration. And I want that I want that to be clear. It's also faculty and adjunct professors as well who have a gripe with administration. This is not something mm. that is like uh, students just who feel like they're... Uh, entitled to certain things or what have you, and they just want what mm. they want when they want it. It's not one of those cases. This is a case in which students and others, but right now we're talking about the students, this is a case in which students have paid to go to one of the most infamous black colleges in the world. And, mm -hmm. you know, they are paying for the name, they are paying for the prestige, they are paying for the education within the prestige and the name, and they are not getting their money's worth. You do not mm. get prestige. Prestige does not come with rats. Prestige does not come with mold. Prestige does not come with unlivable conditions. And if the students are such that they are gung-ho about making sure that Howard lives up to its name, I don't understand why administration does not see it that way and acquiesces to the students in, in that say, agreeing with them and saying, you're right, we are better than this. That's all the students want to hear, really. They, the administration... Howard University is better than what they are portraying right now, and they need to step the game up as opposed to just trying to stuff things under the rug like culturally they do um, and just move forward to make sure that the students have the best Howard experience they can possibly can. Because what you're seeing right now, students intense, this is not it. Uh, this is, again, it is extremely intense uh, neither side is backing down, Faraji. Uh, your thoughts, I mean, what has to happen here to come to a resolution? Well, I think that I think the next step now that, you know, since students have protested and stood in front of the, the offices and the buildings, I think the next step right now is just talking about withholding some money. 
You know, if black students say, you know what, I'm not going to pay tuition. We're not paying for this. Kelly talked about that, which I think is a great point. The fact is that if you're going to pay this money to go to school, you don't deserve to live among rats and mold. So if the students start to do an economic boycott, um, then I think they start to, to, to really start to push this whole, the push needle forward on this. But, you know, is anyone else not blown away by the fact that, like you just said, Brother Roland, I remember hearing it on this show, that if Reverend Jesse Jackson, an icon of civil rights and human rights of our time, right, he can do all of these great things, but he can't even get a call back from the president of a black educational institution. Like, that is absolutely crazy. So we got to ask the question. No, no, he, Reverend, no he, he, he's actually, hold on a second. He did get a call back. First of all, Reverend, okay. Reverend met directly with President mm -hmm. Wayne Fredericks. They've been on yes, Zoom sir. calls as well. So that's actually happened. So they, they, they actually met face to face, but they have not been able to resolve this issue. And that's the thing. It's like, if what, what is the, what is really the, at the root of Howard's stance? I'm speaking of the administration stance at this point. What is at the root of it? But I, I say that the students need to talk about, you know, breaking the pockets. And that's unfortunate because it's one of our HBCUs. But, you know, you got to get the attention. And in a situation like this, you got the press on your side. You're bringing down big names, big folks, Jesse Jackson, April Silver, and other folks. Now you got the momentum. The students need to look like looking at an economic breakout. Uh, Michael. You know, Roland, um, it's good that you have the alumni who are who were part of the 1989 protest who are coming out back in the students. Uh, also, I think famous alumni, uh, as well, the students as well as famous alumni, need, need to take economic uh, action, okay, withholding donations, putting economic pressure uh, on... Mm -hmm. Uh, Howard University. And so there was a protest in 1989, but there was also a protest in 1968 on the campus of Howard University. And those students uh, were protesting. Uh, one of the things they wanted was a black studies program at Howard University as well, at HBCU. They were protesting because they wanted a, a black studies program. So there, there's a history of, of student protests uh, at Howard. And uh, hopefully, you know, they are successful. Uh, you know, I, I remember when I started at Wayne State University in the fall of 1989, there was a protest a few months before that. Students took over the uh, um, the financial aid office because they wanted the Africana Studies program. So this is this mm -hmm. is this is a, there's a history of African American students uh, engaged in protests, even at HBCUs, because we know a lot of these HBCUs, you know, have uh, are tied to uh, white corporate interests. And Lee Atwater was on the board of trustees. Of, of, of Howard University. And in 1989, uh, the students uh, wanted him off the board of trustees as well. So uh, they, they need to continue the fight. All right, folks, uh, got to go to a break. We come back. We're going to talk about the governor of North Carolina finally granting a pardon to a black man who was uh, convicted 28 years ago for a crime he did not commit. We'll talk about that. Uh, we'll also uh, talk about uh, up next legal analyst Candace Kelly. We'll talk about what happened today in Brunswick, Georgia, uh, where a white attorney yesterday said some foul stuff about black pastors. Now he's trying to backtrack, but he's now unleashed a firestorm 
because the Pastors plan on coming in full force to Brunswick next week. That's next. Rolling Martin Unfiltered, broadcasting live from L.A. on the Black Star Network. Back in a moment. saving big holiday shopping at Amazon. So now, she's free to become Bear Hug Betty. Settle in, kids. You'll be there a while. Ooh, where you going? Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. 
You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. It's Kim Whitley. Yo, what's up? This your boy Ice Cube. Hey, yo, Peace World. What's going on? It's the love king of R&B, Raheem Devon. And you're watching Roland Martin, Unfiltered. Well, yesterday, the white attorney for the three white men accused of killing Ahmaud Arbery said in court, keep these black pastors from sitting in the courtroom. This was yesterday. Watch this. My understanding while I was cross-examining Investigator Lowry yesterday is that the right Reverend Al Sharpton managed to find his way into the back of the courtroom. I'm guessing he was somehow there at the invitation of the victim's family in this case. And I have nothing personally against Mr. Sharpton. My concern is that it's one thing for the family to be present. It's another thing to ask for the lawyers to be present. But if we're going to start a precedent starting yesterday, we're going to bring high-profile members of the African-American community into the courtroom to sit with the family during the trial in the presence of the jury. I believe that's intimidating, and it's an attempt to pressure, could be consciously or unconsciously, an attempt to, to pressure or influence the jury. To my knowledge, Reverend Al Sharpton has no church in Glen County, never has, hasn't been here since Elaine Brown ran for mayor, to my knowledge. But we have all kinds of people. We have school board members. We have county commissioners. We have all kinds of pastors in this town, over 100. Uh, and uh, the idea that we're going to be serially bringing these people in to sit with the victim's family one after another, obviously, there's only so many pastors they can have. And if their pastor's Al Sharpton right now, that's fine. But then that's it. We don't want any more black pastors coming in here or other Jesse Jackson, whoever was in was in here earlier this week, sitting with the victim's family, trying to influence a jury in this case. And I'm not saying the state is even aware that Mr. Sharpton was in the courtroom. I certainly wasn't aware of it till last night. But I think the court can understand. We don't want any black pastors in the courtroom. Mm, this was that same attorney today. Your Honor, I've been asked to address some comments the other day. The court hasn't asked me to do that. Whatever you've been asked to do has not been asked by the court. Very well. I, I will let the court know that if my statements yesterday were overly broad, I will follow up with a more specific motion on Monday, uh, putting that and those concerns in the proper context. And my apologies to anyone who might have inadvertently been offended. Well, joining us right now is legal analyst Candace Kelly. Candace, oh, it's amazing how the backtrack starts 
Probably because of this, Candace. Go to my iPad, folks. Uh, you heard Ben Crum ask me to come to Brunswick, Georgia next week. Here's why. Uh, uh, Pastor uh, Jamal Bryant, pa Reverend Al Sharpton, and others are calling on pastors from all across the country to convene in Brunswick, Georgia, on the courthouse steps next Thursday at 11 a.m. as a show of force. Uh, uh, ben Crump uh, earlier posted that they wanted 100 pastors. I got a feeling it's going to be a hell of a lot more. And so this attorney, this white attorney, he, he opened up a can of worms, and if he thought, uh, you know, uh, uh, one pastor, Reverend Sharpton, Reverend Jackson, Reverend Barber sitting in the courtroom was somehow going to impact this here, he just asked for a whole lot more to show up. Listen, as soon as he began talking, you know that they were starting those carpooling plans and sessions and renting buses as soon as he said it. We knew that this was going to happen, and very well it should, because, listen, when the Constitution says, we the people, Roland, we the people, we are the ones who are supposed to be uh, checking the courts and, and holding public, public accountability, which is why we are allowed any in any courtroom, unless you're dealing with a juvenile or someone that's been raped, you can go to ticket court. You can go to court tomorrow. You can go to the Supreme Court. You can go to this court. There are reserved seats for reporters, the public, and people who want to sit with the family. That's where Reverend Al Sharpton was. He was an invited guest, and he had every right to do so. I don't know what type of motion he's going to be filing on Monday. But get the answer that he wants. You are allowed to go to court. You, I, anybody else. I mean, in this case, as far as you know, room allows. But court is public for for accountability in order to make sure that the justice system actually works, which is in question here. Let's let's not even go there quite yet, right? And Ken, this is absolutely racist. I mean, because here's the piece. Yesterday, we had uh, Barbara Arnwine on, and she said there have been white pastors, there have been rabbis and others who have been praying with the family. He specifically said, we do not want black pastors in the courtroom. He, he was so comfortable, and he was so forthright and so bold. He didn't even realize that what he was saying was racist, which gives you an idea about how he acts inside the courtroom and outside of the courtroom when he doesn't have a whole audience listening. Didn't even realize, didn't think twice, still thinks he has a point in order to file that motion on Monday. So you are correct. This is just racist behavior. Um, we've seen this kind of all along in terms of this man and what he has said. Now he is offering an apology. Apology is not going to go that far. And if he wants to really make an apology, he should be out there 11 o'clock next week, Thursday, and address all of those preachers. Uh, and the thing here is, you're right. Okay, what kind of motion are we talking about? What, what, what? First of all, it's public. The judge even said, he said, if everybody's abiding by the rules and no one is causing commotion, I can't tell somebody they can't come into the courtroom. And for him to say, oh, no, judge, keep these high-profile black preachers uh, out of the courtroom because they might impact the jury, but this is the same attorney, though, who complained, saying there were not enough bubbas on this jury. He is openly saying we need to appeal to the racist Confederate flag flying white folks in Brunswick uh, in this trial. 
the Bubba's, the Joe Sixpacks. He actually wanted to say that this was a protected class. He was going to go for that. You cannot say that a Joe Sixpack is the same as someone who is African-American or someone who's pregnant or has a disability. Those are protected classes federal on a federal level. There's no way that he would have been able to say that. He's saying things that don't even make sense. He's saying things that I don't even, I don't even think he actually believes. But listen, Roland, this is all about strategy. He has been complaining about what's going on very peacefully outside of the protests. For, for over a week, we talked about people who were outside peacefully protesting, and he said that this was a distraction. What he is trying to do is distract the court. He is trying to make sure that, you know, because he doesn't have the facts on his side or the law on his side, he's pounding his fist in other areas and making sure that there are distractions otherwise. Because every time that he talks to the attorney, the jurors have to leave. There was one day where the jurors had to leave over six times. Well, that's a lot. Think about, listen, this is a narrative. There, You are watching a story as a jury. Uh, imagine watching a, 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 a story just regularly on Netflix and you have six, six interruptions. The story doesn't flow well. Those interruptions don't bode well. But that is what he's doing. It is all a part of a strategy in order to interrupt, 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 so that the jury loses its continuum in hearing the narrative that these prosecutors are winning in terms of, you know, who's going to be a winner or a loser. The prosecutor is winning in this case in terms of making sure that justice is, is, is gotten for Ahmaud Arbery's family. Uh, last question for you. Can someone file a complaint with the bar uh, for his behavior? Uh, this sort of, this, this, this very specific comment here, is, is, that, is, that, that, is that sort of the kind of complaint that can be filed with the Georgia Bar Association? Well, it, it, it can be filed. I mean, listen, there were even people who were on his team that put their heads in their hands. Like, what is this man doing? It can be filed. It interrupted the court. Um, it interrupted the process. And it actually didn't make sense. It was racist on its face. There, you, you, there are people and there are attorneys who are looking at this, who sit in important positions, and they are questioning whether or not this man should actually keep his license. I'm surprised that he wasn't fined by the court in some way, that there wasn't some type of contempt of court, because this just didn't make sense. But on the other hand, you also don't want judges kind of getting involved in the process, because this is a judge that runs a very, very tight and clean court, so to speak, and he just doesn't want to be a part of the fray. I'm surprised he wasn't admonished or chastised, but he just didn't want to go there. But I have a feeling that somebody is watching out there in the Bar Association in Georgia, and they're wondering, what can we do about this man? Because this isn't justice. This is just biased behavior. This is strategy. This, these are the jury can't do their job. All right, then. Uh, Candace Kelly joining us from South Orange, New Jersey. We appreciate it. Thanks a lot. All right, Roland. Good to see you. Likewise. Thanks a lot. Folks, got to go to a break. We come back. We'll talk uh, black and missing for today, but also a twist on a previous story we told you about right here on Roland Martin Unfiltered uh, on the Black Star Network. Don't forget to support what we do, folks. Uh, in fact, uh, we have reached 20,000 downloads uh, on uh, our uh, uh, platform, and so uh, we want you guys to continue to support what we do. So please be sure to download uh, the app. Go to all platforms, Apple phone, Android phone, Android TV, Apple TV, Roku, Samsung, Xbox, you name it. We're on all the platforms. Uh, so our goal is to get 50,000 downloads by December 31st. 2020.
2021. So please share that with your friends. So download the Black Star Network app. You can also support us uh, by joining our Bring the Funk fan club. Where every, every dollar you give goes to support this show. Cash app is dollar sign RM Unfiltered. PayPal is R Martin Unfiltered. Venmo is RM Unfiltered. Uh, and of course, Zelle is rolling at rollingsmartin.com, rolling at rollingmartinunfiltered.com. We'll be back in a moment. Alexa, play our favorite song again. Okay. Spin class was brutal. Well, you can try using the Buick's massaging seat. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Can I use Apple CarPlay to put some music on? Sure. It's wireless. Pick something we all like. Okay, hold on. What's your Buick's Wi-Fi password? Buick Envision 2021. Oh, you should pick something stronger. That's really predictable. That's a really tight spot. Don't worry. I used to hate parallel parking. Me too. Hey. Really outdid yourself. Yes, we did. The all-new Buick Envision. An SUV built around you. All of you. Once upon a time, there lived a princess with really long hair who was waiting for a prince to come save her. But really, who has time for that? Let's go. Feeling myself. I'm She ordered herself a ladder with Prime one day delivery, and she was out of there. Now, her hairdressing empire is killing it. And the prince, well, who cares? Prime changed everything. Hello, I'm Bishop T.D. Jake. Hi, I'm doing it's your favorite funny girl, Amanda Seals. Hi, I'm Anthony Brown from Anthony Brown and Group Therapy. What up, Lana Well, and you are watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. Frank Gilmore, uh, 15 years old, was last seen on August 30th, 2021 in Clarksville, Tennessee. He's 5 feet 7 inches tall, weighs 150 pounds with black hair and brown eyes. If you have any information on Frank Gilmore Jr.'s whereabouts, please call the Clarksville Police Department at 931-648-0656, 931-648-0656. Uh, some good news about one of the folks we told you about in our Black and Missing segment, 14-year-old Jashia Moore, who disappeared on October 14th from an East Orange, New Jersey deli. She has been found. Uh, but there's a twist. According to police, uh, she chose to run away from her home, and her mother, Jamie Moore, has been arrested on two counts of endangering the welfare of a child. Jashia and her three-year-old brother are in the custody of Child Protective Services. The East Orange team was located safely yesterday by police in New York City. All right, folks, time is running out for Julius Jones, uh, who is on death row in uh, Oklahoma. And five Republican Oklahoma lawmakers are urging Republican Governor Kevin Stitt to grant Jones clemency. Representatives Gary Mize and Preston Stinson, John Talley, Logan Phillips, and Kevin McDougal all believe there are just too many doubts about Jones's guilt to allow the execution to move forward. But prosecutors, including Oklahoma County DA David Prater, say the evidence against Jones is overwhelming. 
Now, on two occasions, the Oklahoma Pardon and Parole Board has voted twice to recommend commuting Jones' sentence to life in prison. Uh, in fact, a little bit earlier today, somebody actually, actually was yesterday, somebody sent a tweet, um, uh, Kelly, uh, to Matt Schlapp, uh, who is, of course, uh, lead, leader of CPAC, uh, you know, the Donald Trump loving group, Conservative Political Action Committee. Uh, and if I can find this, um, he actually replied uh, to the tweet uh, stating uh, that uh, he believes that the governor is indeed uh, listening. This, this is what he said. This is what Matt said. Uh, somebody sent him this tweet, and he wrote, Jill, it is our view that Julius's prosecution was based on faulty evidence and a very unprofessional defense. We believe government fails at many things, including when it comes to prosecutions. We also believe Governor Stitt is a solid public official, and we are confident he is listening. Now, I sent a tweet to him saying, hey, Matt, have you specifically reached out to Governor Stitt to ask him to announce his decision ASAP? Uh, confident he's listening doesn't mean you have weighed in with him and his team. Uh, I see that he responded by saying, uh, unsure, he said, uh, first of all, he said, Roland, unsure why you can't see what we are trying to do. Put away the political weapons, and I will keep in confidence my communications into uh, Oklahoma during this decision process. The governor and his staff, the, the governor, his staff, and me and CPAC team get along quite well. We partner closely. Uh, he still hasn't answered my question. Uh, but this is one of those examples where, uh, Kelly, Republicans should be doing more. Okay? They run around talking about being pro-life. Here you have, uh, the, 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 they're out here defending Kyle Rittenhouse. They're out here defending <laughs> folks on January 6th. And I appreciate these five Republican lawmakers, but the Republican legislature in Oklahoma, excuse me, the legislature in Oklahoma, overwhelming Republican. And so where are the other Republicans? Where are national Republicans? Where are these Republicans in Congress? Where are the two Republican Oklahoma United States senators on this? Where is the Oklahoma congressional delegation? All Republicans. Where are they on this? And the answer to that is we don't know because they don't necessarily say anything. And my thing is, if if the Republican Party as a whole weren't so rooted in white supremacy and trying so hard to uphold Trumpism, then you would probably have Republicans brave enough to come forward and be like, hey, this is wrong. But until... Republicans across the board, especially in Oklahoma, get rid of their cowardice, we're still going to have the situation of Republicans behind the scenes shaking their heads at uh, situations in which shouldn't be happening, but not brave enough to do anything about it because they want their seat more than they want someone else to live. Mm. You know, uh, Michael, uh, again, the reason I, I sent that because if you read the initial statement from Matt Schlapp, it didn't right. say that they have been actively engaged in communicating with the governor. That's why I challenged them. So he sort of revealed that, but to sort of say, hey, you know, it's sort of this general statement, oh, I'm going <clears> to <throat> keep my things private. No, Matt, you're loud and proud about Donald Trump and other things. So why don't you be loud? He was loud and proud uh, talking about uh, how the election was stolen. Well, be loud mm -hmm. on this one. Make as much noise that Julius Jones should not be put to death as you make uh, fighting the election of 2020. Hmm. Pro probably because it's not in Matt Schlapp's best interest to do that. That's probably why. You know, and, and, and I'm not a fan of Matt Slap at all. You know, uh, I, I see him from time to time on MSNBC, and uh, he's he's probably one of my least favorite Republicans. But uh, you, you, you asked a good question. Where are the rest of the Republicans uh, on, on this issue? 
okay? It, especially when they, uh, when th there's going to be a big outreach and it's starting now from the Republican Party to reach out to African Americans for the 2022 midterm election, okay? Mm. There are, there are um, uh, welcome centers that are being set up in African-American communities. Paris Denard was just, was just uh, interviewed uh, maybe two or three weeks ago about this. So you can't ask for the African-American vote. You don't have a platform to run on, number one. You don't have programs that you're going to run on that are beneficial to us. What are you going to do, ban critical race theory? You can't uh, ask for the African-American vote, but then you don't have Republicans standing up to save the life of this African-American man. So... Um, you know, the, the, this is more games that they're playing. But it's good that these five Republicans spoke up. But, yeah, the, the, the rest of them, the, these are more games that they're playing with us. But, but lastly, this is an example of why having the correct governor is important. This is elections have consequences. Governors can, can give a stay of execution. Governors can step in and stop this. Okay, so mm -hmm. this is another example of why it's so important uh, to, elect, to, to elect the correct governor also. Well, again, first of all, Oklahoma is an extremely red state. I totally get your point there. But for Roger, mm -hmm. the point I'm making here with, with folks like CPAC and MatchLab is they were real loud about the 2020 election. And here's the deal. Why don't you be as loud as about this one? This is a black man on death row. And if you believe in life or death, if you believe in justice, if you believe in the rule of law, then be just as loud on this one. And so, and here's the deal. He goes, put your political weapons away. No, first of all, this issue of death ain't political. This is a black man who's on death row. And so, yeah, there typically are more black people who have been on death row for crimes that they did not commit. And so, Matt, this ain't a political thing. This is a black thing. I mean, and, and, and it's also a life or death thing. But I think that maybe our expectations might be too high. This is the same Republican Party that is still in denial about what happened in January 6th. This is the same Republican Party that uh, when those 13 lawmakers decided to vote for the infrastructure bill, they called for those 13 lawmakers and the constituents in, their, in, these, uh, in, in these districts of these lawmakers to threaten them and to call them out and call them traitors. I mean, this is the same Republican Party that, they, yes, ideally they are about preserving life on paper. But this is the same Republican Party that have just shredded up what we call decent uh, human decency. This is the same party that shredded up the idea of common sense and has now gotten so deeply divided and so deep into partisan politics that I know I don't have any confidence. You know, Matt Schlapp talking about confidence is listening. No, there's no confidence in the party because you don't have a track record to earn the confidence of the American people, damn sure don't have the track record to earn the confidence of black folks in, in these types of situations. I really hope and pray that Julius Jones is not executed, but I'm not going to hold my breath waiting for the Republican Party of the United States in 2021 that is highly influenced by former President Donald Trump to save a black man's life. No, no, we might as well wait for hell to freeze over and for pigs to fly. That will happen much sooner than, than for this party to do that. I mean, at this point, we have to put the pressure on the party and, and all of the backdoor dealings saying, yeah, 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 you know, we, we're going to work this our way. That is the wrong answer when you're talking about a life or death situation. This is not the Republican Party that has the conscience 
to care about one black man. This is the Republican Party, like Kelly said, that it's all about making sure they keep their, their, their foot on the gas and their butts in the seats of power. And if they got to do that at the expense of the death of a black man, they'll do it. All right, folks, hold tight one second. Uh, Going to pay some bills right here. Uh, we'll be back on Roland Martin Unfiltered. Let me also thank uh, Amazon uh, Buick as well as uh, Nissan for being partners with us here at Roland Martin Unfiltered. Uh, we emphasize the importance of bl being black-owned media. Black-owned media matters. And for advertising, uh, advertising agencies and brands to respect the black consumer. And so we appreciate those who do uh, spend money with us. We'll be back uh, in just a moment. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Are 
Let's play our favorite song again. Okay. I only Maureen is saving big holiday shopping at Amazon. So now she's free to become Maureen the Marrier. Food is her love language. And she really loves her grandson. Like really loves. Hi, y'all doing? It's your favorite funny girl, Amanda Seals. Hi, I'm Anthony Brown from Anthony Brown and Group Therapy. What up, Lana Well, and you are watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. <laughs> Last month, uh, Steve Bannon, uh, who was the uh, senior advisor to President Donald Trump, refused to appear before Congress investigating what took place on January 6th. This is what uh, Congressman Benny Thompson, co-chair of the committee, said on October 19, 2021. Mr. Bannon stands alone in his complete defiance of our subpoena. That's not acceptable. No one in this country, no matter how wealthy, how powerful is above the law. Our goal is simple. We want Mr. Bannon to answer our questions. We want him to turn over whatever records he possesses that are relevant to the select committee's investigation. Guess what? Today, a federal grand jury indicted Steve Bannon on uh, contempt of Congress. Uh, he is going to turn himself in on Monday. Uh, this is the statement uh, that was released by the Department of Justice. Uh, he was charged uh, with uh, two counts. Uh, of contempt of Congress. Uh, this, of course, uh, is uh, important because you have have had uh, these Republicans who uh, who have shown, yes, contempt for Congress. Now, of course, they yelled, kicked, and screamed um, when, when when Democrats did these things. So, uh, Bannon 67, this is what the press release says, is charged with one contempt count for involving his refusal to appear for a deposition and another involving his refusal to produce documents despite a subpoena from the House Select Committee to investigate the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. Quote, since my first day in office, I have promised Justice Department employees that together we would show the American people by word and deed that the department adhere
adheres to the rule of law, follows the facts in the law, and pursues equal justice under the law. Said Attorney General Merrick Garland, today's charges reflect the department's steadfast commitment to these principles. Uh, here's the whole deal here, uh, Kelly. Uh, Steve Bannon, of course, uh, got a pardon from Donald Trump for being involved in that, that uh, illegal fundraising scheme. Uh, he was able to get his jail, get, get out of jail free card. This is what this to me when he turns himself in. This is what should happen. No bail granted. Throw his behind in jail. As Democrats nice. are going to have to show these Republicans that if you want to continue to do to, to defy the American people, if you want to defy Congress, then you're going to suffer. Remember, Donald Trump refused to turn over his tax records uh, to Congress and fought this thing all the way to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court uh, simply uh, disagreed with that. And then what happened? He still is filing lawsuits at some point. And this is what people also elected these Democrats to hold these Republicans accountable. Finally, Merrick Garland has done that, at least with Steve Bannon. And I'm just waiting for the rest of those who have been subpoenaed to go through the same process if they do not comply. Um, this is the perfect moment, um, albeit a little late, for the Democrats to show the muscle that they were they, that they have. We elected them to have this muscle, and they have not been flexing it in the time that they have been in their respective offices. And for the life of me, I can't necessarily understand why. Um, maybe it's because the Republican Party is so strict and linear that they feel like they have to be um, the nice party or the open party, what have you. But even big parties such as the Democratic Party needs rules. They need to you know, enforce the rules. That's what they were elected to do. And right now, you know, my pessimism is coming out a little bit, feeling like it's a little too little too late, but, you know, no time like the present, right? So, you know, just go as hard as you can and make sure that everybody who was responsible for the atrocity that is January 6th is held accountable um, to the fullest extent of the law, which Congress has the power to do. Uh, Faraji, the arrogance of Republicans yelling rule of law, rule of law uh, is clear. <laughs> and again, uh, for the actions here, you have former chief of staff Mark Meadows, who has refused. Congress here today, hey, Meadows, you might want to see what we just did to Steve <laughs> Bannon. You don't want to play that game. And here's the deal. But every single one that refuses, throw their ass in jail. I mean, it's very simple. And, and and I think that it's even more telling, Brother Roland, what role President Trump had to do, uh, had to play in this whole situation of, the, of dealing with these subpoenas. I mean, the New York Times came out with a piece saying Trump tells former aides to defy subpoenas from the January 6th panel. I mean, if this is not evidence enough that this man, and I'm speaking of Trump here, that he is doing everything he can to not be... Uh, it connected or, or, or to be found guilty in what happened on January the 6th. I don't know what it is. But he's telling his people, don't listen to the federal government. Don't listen to Congress. Don't listen to the House of Representatives. Hell, don't listen to the United States Justice Department. Just defy the subpoenas. And so all of this is, and, and I don't know, and this is the, and I think this is really the bigger part of this whole conversation, is that here we are in 2021. We've been talking about President Trump running for president again. We've been talking about the fact that, that, that you're going to have Republicans possibly back in power in 2022. 
but you're finding out not just with the Steve Bannon subpoena, but then over the uh, past couple of days, there were other um, Trump senior high-level Trump uh, advisors, Kelly Conway and other folks that have been found guilty of, of doing illegal campaigning while they're while in office. I mean, what else does this group of criminals have to do to show people, like, you know what? We are criminals. We went to the White House. We 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 did what we thought would do in our best interest. And then at the end of the day, no one is going to punish us about it. There aren't going to be any real consequences for our actions. What else has to be done at this point? I don't know. But I'm glad Steve Bannon is getting indicted and getting charged. Easy. But he needs he needs some more time than the little 30 days or whatever. The reason you have to, what you do, Michael, is again, you indict them, you convict them, and you put them in jail. Absolutely. Absolutely. I hope, I hope, uh, I hope uh, uh, Stephen Miller gets arrested. Stephen Miller was just on uh, Fox News talking to Laura Ingram, said he's going to ignore the uh, subpoena. Now, keep in mind, I thought the Republican Party is supposed to be the party of law and order. I thought, the, I mean, Keith, this, this is supposed to be the party of law and order, but now right. all okay. of a sudden, but, but, but you know, you know, they did back the blue, they backed the blue until the coup. This is what they did. Okay, keep in mind, they backed the blue until the coup, until the coup. So, uh, I, personally, Roland, I hope all of them defy the, the subpoena and all of them get arrested, all of them get indicted, all of them get arrested, okay? I, I, I really hope so, to send a clear message that this is not going to be tolerated. These are people who help engineer an insurrection, okay? The, <clears throat> the full weight of the Department of Justice needs to come down on their behinds, and they need to film it. This is must-see TV. I'm serious. This is must-see TV. They, it, they need to film this and send a clear message. This is what's going to happen to you. Because I, I remember when Republicans went after um, uh, Eric Holder, okay? And subpoena Eric, and subpoena Eric, uh, uh, Eric Holder, attorney general. I remember all this. And, you know, this is just a, a bunch of hypocrisy from uh, a lot of Republicans that help engineer this insurrection. But um, I, I hope the full weight of the Department of Justice uh, falls on them. Absolutely. And folks, here's the deal. I can, look, you gotta understand. This dude has a hugely popular podcast. Before the announcement mm -hmm. of his indictment came out, this is what he said. Go to my iPad. He said, "Suck on this." Steve Bannon tells audience, "We're taking over all the elections." Go to my iPad. This is what he actually said. Okay, mm -hmm. this is what he said. Okay, y'all need to understand what's going on here. There's a clearly defined strategy these guys have. Uh, this is what he said in here. Uh, he said, we're not complaining about it anymore. Remember, there are no whining and no tears in the war room. We're taking action, and that action is we're taking over school boards. We're taking over the Republican Party through the precinct committee strategy. We're taking over right. all the elections. These people are thugs, folks. They, the, if you, they want to put Trump back in, and the, how you deal with thugs, you treat them like gangsters, look like, just mm -hmm. like lawyers and uh, prosecutors use RICO strategy. You put them in jail. That's what you do, and so that's what needs to happen there. All right, right. folks, got to go to break. We come back. Pandemic, the uh, COVID has caused a major problem when it comes to health care. Doctors have been most impacted, but also nurses. We now are experiencing a massive nurse shortage in the United States. We'll talk about that next. Uh, also uh, on the show, uh, we got Education Matters. We'll deal with uh, this. We'll deal with with that issue uh, as well. Plus. We'll also uh, race a Republican in New York caught on tape making a racist comment about a fellow lawmaker who's a Democrat. Always seems to be the Republican with the racist comment. You're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. Mm -hmm. 
Alexa, play our favorite song again. Okay. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.
Once upon a time, there lived a princess with really long hair who was waiting for a prince to come save her. But really, who has time for that? She ordered herself a ladder with Prime one day delivery, and she was out of there. Now, her hairdressing empire is killing it. And the prince, well, who cares? Prime changed everything. What's up, y'all? I'm Will Packard. Hello, I'm Bishop TDJ. What up, Lana Well, and you are watching Rolling Martin Unfiltered. COVID has a tremendous impact, folks, on the medical industry. We've seen doctors who have been quitting, doctors who have been dying due to COVID-19, nurses, same thing, frustrated uh, with what's going on, many of them in tears with the mass amount of death they have been seeing. In September, the Nurse Grid published uh, a survey of 10,000 nurses to get a sense of really what's going on. 92% say they have experienced a shortage of nurses. 56% say they experienced a lack of beds. 77% of nurses acknowledge high levels of burnout and mental health issues. Four out of ten say they were doing their best with a shortage of medical supplies, and one in five nurses say they were working in facilities where patients were housed in temporary areas of a hospital like tents and field hospitals. Joining us right now is nurse practitioner Wendy Garvin uh, Mayo. Uh, Wendy, uh, glad to have you uh, on the show. Uh, first, you're there in Hartford, Connecticut. Uh, and and uh, people got to understand, nurses are the backbone, uh, you know, of the industry. You don't have a doctor who is the one who is taking care of patients uh, most of the time. It's really the nurses. Uh, and so, what is this industry doing? Because look, if you're losing these experienced nurses today, this problem is not going to be a six-month problem. This is going to be a five to ten-year problem if you're not filling in, folks, uh, with the next wave of nurses. Yes, yeah, so it's only going to get worse. Um, the American Nurse Association predicts that half a million nurses will be retiring by the end of the year. And that's in addition to um, nurses who are leaving the profession because of stress in the workload and the work conditions. And nursing schools are not pumping out enough nurses because we don't have enough faculty. So that's also going to contribute to the nursing shortage. So we are definitely in crisis mode when, we, when it comes to the nursing shortage. So healthcare facilities really need to take action to support and retain the nurses they have and also put in structures that will support the new nurses that will be launching into the workforce in December and then again in June of next year. Um, and so what, what else can be done? Uh, is it financial incentives? Um, uh, is it uh, incentives when it comes to uh, encouraging more people to actually major in nursing? Uh, what, should actually, what should be happening here? So we need to first recruit more nurses into higher education because we don't have the fac enough faculty to actually teach nurses. So I think that that's one start. The second start is we do need to start recruiting individuals who are interested in nursing to go into the profession. And, but secondly, we also have to build in support once they're launched into the, the workforce to keep them there. Because you can have nurses coming into the profession, but if they're going into an area that is full of burned out nurses and staff, that's not very supportive, so that's going to make them leave. So we need, you know, wellness programs to be implemented that's going to really help support nurses' mental and physical health and their overall well-being. 
So, you know, I think, you know, people need to really look to um, Washington, D.C., really get involved in policy so we can start mandating that nurses have the resources that they need in order to sustain themselves so they can provide care to patients. Questions from our panel. Uh, first up, uh, Faraji. Well, I appreciate you, sis, for, for, for coming on and talking about this issue. And um, as I've been talking to our watchers on YouTube and whatnot, you know, a lot of people are saying that nurses aren't getting the pay that they deserve and, and, and that this may potentially change that that dynamic. Do you foresee that change in that dynamic, um, considering that a lot of people um, have been leaving their jobs and professions that they've been in for a very long time? If there is a mass strike, if there is a shortage of nurses, what, how, will, how do you foresee the industry responding to that? Or should we expect even more money? Should we expect the better work conditions? What do you foresee as being the response to that? Yes, yeah, so I don't think it's money, to be honest, because what we do as nurses, you can't really pay us enough. And right now, they are trying to fill the gap with travel nurses who make three or four times more than a nurse who's hired by a healthcare institution. So it's not money, it's really work conditions. Nurses really just wanna feel valued, respected, appreciated and understood. They're there, they're stressed, they're burned up, but they still show up to work. They still show up to serve, but they mm -hmm. need, they, meaning healthcare institutions, need to bring nurses to the table and make sure that they're being heard, they're understood. They have the solutions. We just need them to be listened to and have those solutions implemented to really improve the work conditions that nurses are currently working in. Okay, yes ma'am. Thank you, sis. Kelly. Hi, uh, I'm reading um, a document um, regarding this issue and it's saying that 58% of nurses say they will remain in patient care through the end of 2021. Um, four in 10 are planning to leave at the end of 2021. Um, I, I want, like, outside of the re the rationale that has already been discussed, how much of this do you think is directly related to the COVID pandemic aside from the, the I don't want to say normal pressures, but the expected pressures of the job? Yeah, so in nursing, we've been dealing with stress, burnout, and the nursing shortage. So these are not new phenomenons. So what happens is because we've been dealing with these issues, when the pandemic hit last year, we didn't have the capacity or reserve to deal with it. So it just really mm -hmm. amplified everything. It amplified the shortage because people are leaving the profession, and it amplified stress and burnout. So now these issues are magnified to a point where we're having nurses exiting the profession, which is not good for healthcare, right? It's not good for our citizens. Who's going to really be there to take care of our citizens, right? And then if we have the shortage, but persist, you're going to have nurses who are stressed and burnt out, which can lead to decreased quality care and even death, right? Because it's just not good all around. So you are correct. These are not new problems, but COVID have definitely amplified these issues in the profession of nursing. Michael. Hello, Sister Wendy. Thanks for coming on the uh, show today and giving us this information. Um, I wanted to know, could you explain to people, how long does it take to go through the uh, program to become a nurse? How long does it take? And for someone who's in college right now and thinking about becoming a nurse, 
what subjects should they be focused on in school? What classes should they be taking to make sure they can successfully get through the nursing program to become a nurse? Yeah, so that, that's a great question. So there are many levels to becoming a nurse because you can be an LPN, which is a licensed practical nurse. Um, that takes, I believe, a year. You can be an associate degree nurse where you get a registered nursing certificate in two years, or you can become a registered nurse at a four-year degree school. So someone that's thinking about going into nursing, the first thing I would definitely suggest is you get a mentor who is a nurse who can really guide you through that. To answer your question about what classes to take, that will be your sciences, so your biology, your chemistry, because uh, nursing is heavy in sciences. So those are the classes that uh, I would definitely suggest that someone takes if they are interested in nursing. But more importantly, align yourself with a nurse or a nursing organization so they can mentor, through, mentor you through that process. Okay, thank you. All right, then. Well, look, uh, we certainly appreciate it. Uh, the work that nurses do, uh, it is a problem. Uh, and hopefully uh, we're going to see uh, leaders take, uh, take steps uh, to ensure that we're replenishing uh, nurses, but they play a vital role uh, in our health care. Uh, Wendy Garvin, Mayo, we certainly appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thank you. All right, folks, we come back. Uh, more on Roland Martin Unfiltered, including uh, <laughs> Republican in New York. Uh, you always got to know when the microphone is on. You might not want to say the stuff that you're thinking, uh, but uh, racist comments were overheard. We'll talk about that next. Also, uh, Sigma, Gamma, Sigma Gamma Rho celebrating 100 years. Uh, member of the Divine Nine. We'll talk with their uh, Supreme Basilisk on, on the show right here on Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. Alexa, play our favorite song again. Okay. Oh, that spin class was brutal. Well, you can try using the Buick's massaging seat. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Can I use Apple CarPlay to put some music on? Sure. It's wireless. It's something we all like. Okay, hold on. What's your Buick's Wi-Fi password? Buick Envision 2021. Oh, you should pick something stronger that's really predictable. That's a really tight spot. Don't worry. I used to hate parallel parking. Me too. Hey. Really outdid yourself. Yes, we did. The all-new Buick Envision. An SUV built around you. All of you. Maureen is saving big holiday shopping at Amazon. So now she's free to become Maureen the Marrier. Food is her love language. And she really loves her grandson. Like, really loves. Hi, I'm Gavin Houston. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's your boy, Jacob Lattimore, and you're now watching Roland Martin right now. E Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. 
if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. All right, folks, the Westchester, New York uh, Republican leader caught on camera using a racial slur uh, against a Democratic council member who is uh, American Indian. Check this out. That was Tom Papasello, and in case you missed it, he said, Vishnu's gone, gone. That MF, that effing sand nigger, gone. Papasello resigned and plans to publicly apologize to Patel and local political parties. The West Hester County Board of Legislators condemned his actions. Ah, uh, see, I, see? You saw he was, he was whispering real low there, uh, Michael, but the microphone still was able to catch him. Yeah, you know, it's a lot of people, um, a lot of these white supremacists getting busted by hot mics. And, you know, to be quite <laughs> honest, with, you know, and then you, you have, because, see, so many of them are openly brazen with it. I mean, this is connected to uh, Kevin Gow, uh, defense attorney for William uh, uh, Bryan uh, in the McMi uh, McMichael Bryan trial, openly in court saying we don't want any more black pastors. He was just very comfortable saying this. 
Okay, so you know Donald right. Trump has made a lot of these people think they they can just get away with saying anything. I, I hope they keep saying it because they're going to see that the, uh, there are consequences of repercussions. You can't be Trump. Yeah, and in fact, check this out, Kelly. Two Kentucky sheriff's officers are leaving the police force after their membership in the KKK was made public. Captain Mike Lauren and Deputy Gary Fisher were members of a cop faction of the KKK called Confederates Officers Patriotic Squad in 1985. Lauren, well, he's retiring, and Fisher is resigning amid the findings. Jefferson County Sheriff's Office said both men are remorseful for their actions. Uh, yeah, right. The Louisville Urban League said these men cannot be trusted to protect and serve if they were ever affiliated with the racist group. I'm sorry. Really? Really? They, they were remorseful? How are you going to be remorseful for something that you paid for? I'm sure that the KKK has dues like every other organization. Like, I don't, you know, I mean, I'm not trying to be, you know, quip and witty about it, but that that's just a very odd sentiment to have. Um, and it's odd because it's false. Um, yeah, that, that just doesn't make sense to me. Although the irony is not lost on me that they were KKK members and sheriffs when sheriffs were basically like the legalized version of the KKK for many years. Um, and that's, low-key probably how they got into the sheriff's department in the first place. Um, yeah, no, they're not remorseful at all. Um, you, you pay to go into the KKK. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they, they're fees, they're uh, dues, there are things that you got to do, and you did them. <laughs> I don't get it. Uh, and I don't get this here, Faraji. A black teen in Woodsboro, Texas, claims he was shot with a stun gun by a group of classmates who were dressed up as KKK members for Halloween. The black team's attorney, Matthew Manning, said neither his client nor his assailants can be revealed because they are minors. Manning says the alert perpetrators were allowed to play in a football game even after school officials were notified of the incident. The school district responded saying they, quote, cannot discipline students for this type of conduct when it occurs off campus. Manning believes the school district can do more to bring justice to his clients. He's going to join us on Monday's show. Um, I'm confused, Faraji. First of all, who the hell lets their kids dress up as members of the KKK? Let's start there, Brother Roland. <laughs> let's start there. I mean, now, Michael and Kelly, y'all both said, like, you know, it's brazen. Michael, you said it's brazen, brother. You said, like, you know, it's the Trump thing. But, but here's my concern. Like, we can point out these things, we see these things happen, we hear people saying things, but what is the real consequences for their actions? Especially when it comes from public officials or high-profile high individuals. Like, what is the real consequence beyond the, just the momentary embarrassment or just beyond a, 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 you know, a fake apology? What is going to be the real consequences of their actions? And I think that is going to be the determining factor of whether we're going to continue to see this, because we might just be creating a situation where we... I mean, you can't cancel all of these people. You can't just say, oh, yeah, 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 they said this, and therefore... They, these folks are still going to get jobs. The police officers that, that, that enrolled in the KKK, they'll find another job. You know, yes, they'll apologize today, and then in 30 days, we're going to forget about their story, and then they'll find another place to, to, to quote-unquote, protect and serve. So what are the real consequences? It's not just the exposure of the, the, the madness. 
But there has to be some real consequences for it. I don't know what it is. I'm just putting it out there. I'm not sure what we can do about all of this because we're seeing a lot more white folks that are more courageous, more embold, uh, emboldened by the idea that they can say whatever they want to say, and it's cool. And, and it's like it, it feeds into this larger echo chamber that we see in this country. This country is really in trouble. It's really in trouble. And, and so what are going to be the consequences? Those are my, that's my big question when we look at what's happening right now. Uh, indeed. All right, folks, hold tight one second. Uh, we come back. What is social and emotional learning? We'll talk about that in our Education Matters segment. We'll also hear from the leader of Sigma Gamma Rho as they prepare to celebrate their 100th anniversary. You're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered, broadcasting live from Los Angeles right here on the Black Star Network. Oh, that spin class was brutal. Well, you can try using the Buick's massaging seat. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Can I use Apple CarPlay to put some music on? Sure. It's wireless. Pick something we all like. Okay, hold on. What's your Buick's Wi-Fi password? Buick Envision 2021. Oh, you should pick something stronger. That's really predictable. That's a really tight spot. Don't worry. I used to hate parallel parking. Me too. Hey. You really outdid yourself. Yes, we did. The all-new Buick Envision. An SUV built around you. All of you. Betty is saving big holiday shopping at Amazon. So now, she's free to become Bear Hug Betty. Settle in, kids. You'll be there a while. Ooh, where are you going? I'm Chrisette Michelle. Hi, I'm Chaley Rose, and you're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. Social and emotional learning is changing how students are learning uh, through self-awareness, self-control, and inter interpersonal skills. Tamani DC is transforming the climate of culture in schools as well as community-based organizations in the U.S. and abroad. Joining us right now is Portia Robinson. Sorry, Portia Richardson, the founder and executive director of Tumani DC. Uh, and so, Portia, glad to have you here. So, what is this? What exactly is social and emotional learning? Thank you so much for having me. Social and emotional learning is the process for which students gain the knowledge and the skills that they need to thrive in and out of the classroom. So it's all of those interpersonal skills, the character development skills, self-awareness, social awareness, self-management and understanding coping skills, how to set goals and develop action plans. Also, social awareness, understanding the importance of empathy and some of the social justice and um, issues that we see in our society, as well as how to build and manage um, healthy relationships. So how is that integrated into the classroom? Yes, so um, I am Portia Richardson. I am a social and emotional learning curriculum developer. And um, the way that we work with schools is through our curriculum. So one, we um, teach them how to utilize the curriculum in their classroom by integrating it into projects and lesson plans. So really being intentional about selecting the right text so that students can explore different characters and analyze um, their social and emotional development. So it's being intentional about 
about integrating it in the lesson, but also explicit social and emotional learning is creating space in the school day and in the set the lesson so that you can actually teach those social and emotional learning skills through curricula like the Tumani way. Um, let's go to my panel. Uh, first up, Kelly, uh, your question for Portia. Hi, Portia. Thanks for joining us. I guess my biggest question right now for you is, are there any studies on the impact that this kind of teaching has specifically on Black children, considering how we are, as a society, not Black people, but as a society, Black children are more prone to being um, deemed more adult than uh, children of other races. Like, black girls are uh, sexualized a lot earlier. Black boys are deemed as a threat a lot earlier, um, if at all. So are there any studies on just specifically black children um, coming across this kind of teaching and the impact it has on them? Absolutely, Kelly, and thank you so much for that question. That's an amazing question. And why we exist as an organization. I was a classroom teacher for 10 years, and one of the reasons that I founded this organization and wrote the curriculum was because I taught in predominantly black schools, and um, there was no uh, resources and curricula out there that our students could relate to and that they could actually see themselves in that in the curriculum. So I'll take it a step further to say that it's important for social emotional learning curricula to be culturally responsive. And what I mean by that is empowering students to be proud of who they are, to explore their identity so that society don't label them and tell them who they are, right? So empowering them to know who they are, teaching their them their history as well, and helping them to explore the social and emotional aspect of their community. We also um, include training for teachers as well so that they understand the importance of being culturally responsive, understanding the backgrounds of students, um, taking a trauma-informed approach so that we don't make assumptions about why our students may not submit assignments or why they may not be able to show up for school every day. Some of our students are facing many challenges in the community that may prevent them from being able to show up the way that we think that they should show up as teachers. So it's important for us to have a trauma-informed and culturally responsive approach so that we can liberate Black and Brown students through the social and emotional work that we're doing. And it requires us to do some internal audits, not just in our schools, but within ourselves, because there is some implicit bias that's happening in the classroom amongst teachers that a lot of times we don't want to talk about that is impacting student success, such as low expectations for black and brown students, such as over-representation and misrepresentation of black and brown students in special education. I've seen a lot of that in my teaching career, as well as the school-to-prison pipeline, a student becoming frustrated and then a teacher triggering them, and now that student has gone off and they're upset, they're frustrated, and now they've been kicked out of schools or taken out of school in handcuffs. So we do teach our teachers the importance of being culturally responsive and trauma-informed so that they understand the whole child, not just the academic aspect of students, but what they face and the reality that they deal with in their community so that we know how to properly educate the students. Thank you. Okay, thanks, Michael. Hello, Sister Portia. Uh, thanks for coming on today. Uh, in your, part of your mission statement talks about cultivating the next generation 
of socially responsible and culturally competent youth and adults. What, uh, can you explain what you mean when you talk about uh, culturally competent and what are some of the ways that you uh, foster the cultural competency? So we actually um, do a day in the life. We share the stories, amplify the voices of our students and our parents and communities. We provide spaces for educators and community members to hear from students, to share how they want to be educated, some of the challenges that they face in their communities and in their homes. We also provide space where we do parent workshops and we allow the parents to share how they wish for their students to be educated. We often leave parents out of the equation. So we we provide space for parents to share what's happening in their communities and in their homes and how they want their students to be educated. But more importantly, we create, create real world opportunities for teachers to take a walk with us through the communities that they're teaching in, for them to take a walk with us in the community centers, to the football games, to the recreation centers, that's often able to have a special touch and reach our students in a special way so that they really understand the cultural relevance of the work that they're doing. And in our curriculum, we actually um, allow students to choose a social justice issue that they're passionate about. So we have homelessness, human trafficking, racism, police brutality. They can choose those issues and they study it alongside the social and emotional learning competency. And at the end of the curriculum or program, they have the opportunity to create a solution prototype. Over the summer, we actually um, implemented a program where the students created their solution prototype and they had a chance to present it in front of the city council as well as other community constituents so that their voices are actually heard. So creating those spaces, it's bigger than just curriculum, but we also have to have intentional programming opportunities to amplify the voices of our students, our parents, as well as our communities. All right, thank you. Faraji. Uh, Sister Portia, thank you so much for doing the work that you're doing. I have a question, and I, you know, I'm just wondering how how do we make sure that you know your model that this curriculum uh, of being trauma informed and socially and emotionally culturally competent, uh, how do we make sure that it doesn't um, get into a space where parents and teachers and community members start to pity black students? who may have been in, you know, grew up in quote unquote dysfunctional households or pity black students that grew up in violent areas and that we still keep the standards of education at a high level instead of just trying to cater to their pain, but also pushing them to greater achievement. I mean, how, how do we walk that fine line? That's a great question, and that's something that we are really advocating for in the educational community by creating those spaces for students to share their knowledge and understanding of the content, for students to show up as leaders. We give them leadership positions within our organization and within their schools. We empower the schools to do that. We have a youth leadership council um, so that individuals can see that, no, our students do not need to just have that pity story, but they are powerful. They are resilient. They are bright. They come from 
amazing backgrounds. And so not just looking at culture from the, 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 the perspective of the challenges that they face, but also looking at the amazing things about the, our culture, our uh, the language that we use in our communities, the way that we dress in our communities, some of the popular culture in our community that people often try to steal, right? <laughs> so really um, showing the power of our communities as well as the, the positivity, bringing light to all of the great things that's happening in our communities and school is also important. Thank you. All right, then. Well, look, we certainly appreciate it. Thanks a lot. If people want more information, where can they go online to find it? Yes, absolutely. Um, Tumani DC, it's T-U-M-A-I-N-I-D-C.org. Tumani means hope in Swahili. So I would love for you guys to connect with us. We're always looking for volunteers. We're always looking for just individuals who want to support um, our work and share our programming with schools in your network, organizations in your network. So I'm excited to stay connected to you guys. So definitely reach out, TumaniDC.org. All right. We surely appreciate it. Portia, thanks a lot. Thank you. Going to our last break, we come back. Uh, Sigma Gamma Rho celebrating 100 years. We'll talk with their Supreme Bachelors next right here on Roller Martin Unfiltered. Hi, I'm Kim Burrell. Hi, I'm Carl Payne. Hey, everybody, this is Sherry Shepard. You're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered, and while he's doing Unfiltered, I'm practicing the wobble. All right, folks, the youngest of the Divine Nine sororities uh, will be celebrating their centennial celebration. Of course, Sigma Gamma Rho was founded uh, by seven educators in Butler, Indiana. Joining us right now is their Supreme Bas Grand Bachelors, uh, Rashida S. Liberty. Glad to have you on the show. Uh, and so uh, welcome to the 100-year uh, club. Of course, Alpha was yes. there first, but uh, we certainly <laughs> want to welcome you uh, to the club. So uh, what do y'all have planned uh, for your centennial? So we are celebrating today. Of course, today is our Founders Day. We are celebrating uh, 99 years, but we're building a path to Centennial. So as we go July 2022, we have committed 1 million service hours and $2.2 million in philanthropic gifts. We will be planting a seed at St. Jude Children's Hospital as we build out a graduate school lounge. We have seven schools that we have been silently building, and we will reveal all seven of them at our... 
and so um, one of the things, of course, that people don't realize, I mean, the kind of service that uh, the Divine Nine is involved in, and it's not just fun and games, it's not just uh, strolling or stepping, it's not just partying, it really is doing the work for the black community. Yes, we are, we are sowing for the community in a mighty, mighty way. Um, and that's what we're about. As the Divine Nine, we are a powerful group of five million women and men of color. We actually get things done, and that's what we're about. We're voices for change. Um, so I'm very happy to be on Rolling Unfiltered today because uh, we just had a meeting with Vice President Kamala Harris and really made some strategic demands as the Divine Nine on things that we wanted to see happen in our communities. Uh, well, uh, look, that certainly is important. Uh, I'm going to go to my panel for questions, uh, talking about uh, your upcoming centennial. Uh, Michael, I'll start with you. I, I, I go. I go ahead and give. Let the signal do something uh, this time, Michael. Go ahead. My, my husband is a proud member of Phi Beta Sigma, so I have to get that shout out. My husband is a proud member of Phi Beta Sigma chapter in Houston, Texas. Actually, the Spring Texas chapter. Well, you know, it. it Everybody couldn't be alphas, but go ahead, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Grant Bassler, say congratulations on uh, 99 years. And next year, I know it's going to be a huge uh, celebration. Uh, I, I've been, I just saw your uh, message. Uh, Watch the Yard just, uh, brought, uh, just um, posted your message uh, talking about the 99 years uh, so far. And I've been seeing all this across my timeline uh, today. <laughs> Can you talk about just uh, a few of the initiatives of uh, Sigma Gamma Rho that people may not know about um, that, that's, t that's going on right now, a few of your initiatives maybe for this year, maybe for next year? Yes. So we have five essential programs. And as I stated, we are committed to those 1 million service hours. We, uh, that $2.2 million that we're committing um, financially, we are sowing 10 huge scholarships as a part of that. We are building, like I stated, the seven schools. We are also, because we have an initiative around swimming and Swim 1922 okay. is very unique for Sigma Gamma Rho. We understand that our communities do not have access to pools and waterways to be successful in the water, and we tend to die at a faster rate. So we are building pools and rehabilitating pools, and we'll have mm. naming rights across the country in our community to leave sustainable impact as we go into our centennial. Oh, that's fantastic. Thank you. No problem. Kelly. Hi. Um, first and foremost, congratulations on this remarkable milestone. Um, I want to make clear I am not part of Divine Nine, so my questions are very surface level. <laughs> but I will ask. Well, that's um, why. I, that's why I didn't mention it. I, I if if you were a member, I would have given a shout out. We you I don't like to fight. You, you, you ain't got to say you're not a member. If you were, I would have shouted it out. So ask your question. I, I like to make it clear, make it plain. You ain't got to say. Ask your question. <laughs> anyway, I will say this. I Some of my closest friends are uh, members of your sorority, and the work that they have done in their respective communities and in their respective circles are just magnificent. So I guess my question to you is, why should a prospective uh, student um, on a college campus looking up and researching sororities, why should they choose SG Row um, to, to join? 
Well, first and foremost, I do want to say, although you're not part of a Divine Nine organization, we always invite powerful women who want to grow and sow come, to come to Sigma Gamma Rho. Sigma Gamma Rho is not an organization that necessarily lays on your foundation. We lay on trailblazing. And why I joined Sigma Gamma Rho is just for that reason. Um, we didn't celebrate the past as much. We, we respected the past, but our mission is always to build for the future. And so trailblazing organizations at Sigma Gamma Rho are always looking for collegiate members, but we also have a huge alumni membership. And I am proud to say, as of right now, like right now, literally, we are inducting our largest fall class nationally into the sisterhood today. So we have definitely um, opened those doors for people to become members who want to be trailblazers. We have partnerships with Google, Goldman Sachs, the U.S. Army, the OWN Network. Those partnerships are meant to grow us as we sow into our communities. I tell my sorors, we got to apply our oxygen mask first so that we can help others. And so if we're growing, we can sow better into our communities. Mm. Love it. All right, next question uh, is for Raji. Uh, he's not He's not in a frat. No need to say it, Faraji, unlike Kelly, uh, who took all that time up. Faraji, go ahead. Uh, Madam Grand Basilis, thank you so much for joining us. And, and we thank, we, you know, we thank and love the Divine Nine. I want to know, ma'am, Sister Rashidi, you got to give me something. You got to give us something. You talked about having a meeting with Vice President uh, Kamala Harris about strategic demands. Can you give us a little sneak peek about what those demands yeah. were, because there's a lot of, uh, I think a lot of people were expecting, and I saw a piece of either USA Today or New York Times, but there were a lot of people that was expecting some level of progressive, bold change coming from the vice president's office, and they're saying, we're still not seeing enough. So, so what kind of demands did Sigma Gamma Rho put on the vice president? The number one demand that Sigma Gamma Rho is standing behind, outside of voting rights, so I want to be um, fair to say the Divine Nine is standing for all of these principles, but the one that Sidney Gamro is the most passionate about and has joined forces with the NAACP on is the student loan debt crisis. Because we are about yeah. education, we know that that is generational wealth that is being threatened in our communities, and we want something done about it. We're not talking about people who are being forgiven on their debt because they qualify for stimulus payments. We're talking about middle America that has a debt-to-equity ratio that is threatened, meaning that they can't buy homes, they're paying more for student loans than any other bill in their home. They can pay it, but the question is, should they be paying it with the astronomical mm -hmm. interest rates tied to it? So we want that $50,000 debt relief on all student loan debt for middle America. And I'm not talking about the middle America that's 400,000 plus. I'm talking about the real middle, the real middle America. So that's what our position was um, with Vice President Kamala Harris is that we need to focus and go up a little bit from just those who qualify for stimulus and look at middle America that is hurting with the student loan debt crisis. Amen. Great demand. Thank you so much. All right then. Uh, well, look, uh, certainly uh, congratulations. Uh, on celebrating uh, 100 years, uh, and I'm uh, looking forward uh, to uh, to seeing uh, y'all again. Keep doing the work. All right, we'll keep doing the work. Greater service, greater progress. Thank you so much, Roland. Uh, I appreciate it. Thank you so very much. Uh, all right, folks. Uh, Vice President Kamala Harris uh, has actually been uh, in France uh, all week, a meeting with one of the U.S. most important allies 
Uh, and so uh, it's amazing. I had some fool on YouTube just say, ooh, uh, uh, Vice President Harris came out of hiding. No, she's not hiding. She's actually been doing the work. If you pay any attention, you would do so. Uh, this is her speaking. It's something she posted a couple of hours ago uh, on her, uh, on her uh, Twitter account of her in France. Check this out. When we acknowledge what is happening in our world, what is actually happening in our world, and then ask ourselves why, we open ourselves up to the possibility that the future can be different, that the future can be better. And in that way, this question is a key to any progress, and it is critical to our shared future. So I challenge all of us here today, government leaders, business leaders, community leaders, let's continue to ask why, and then let's take action. When we acknowledge what is happening in our world, what is actually happening in our world, and then ask ourselves why. We open ourselves up to the possibility that the future can be different, that the future can be better. And in that way, this question is a key to any progress, and it is critical to our shared future. So I challenge all of us here today, government leaders, business leaders, community leaders. Uh, again, folks, uh, and so she'll be doing the work there in France, and so we wanted to be sure to uh, at least play you a little sum of that uh, because it's not getting the attention uh, that it deserves. All right, folks, uh, we're almost done. Let me get, so uh, this is always uh, the busiest birthday weekend uh, in my family. We got the trifecta. Uh, today is my nephew Chris's 14th birthday. Uh, this is a photo I shot Chris when he was four years old. We were all heading out to a uh, Houston, Texas playoff game. And so I shot my little man this photo. This is Chris today. Uh, turning four. This is a photo from two weeks ago. So my man is growing up. My little man is getting big. And so shout out to Chris today on his 14th birthday. Tomorrow is actually the 54th birthday of his dad, my brother, uh, Reginald Martin. His birthday is tomorrow. Of course, that's him on the right. Uh, they're not hard to figure that out. People think we're twins. We're not twins. We're one year and one day apart. So his 54th birthday is Saturday. My 53rd birthday is on Sunday, November 14th. And so uh, we're all back to back to back. Uh, and so uh, just want to give that shout out there. Uh, folks, if y'all want to, here's the deal. Uh, I don't need birthday gifts. What I want y'all to do is support Roland Martin Unfiltered and the Black Star Network. Two ways you can do that. Uh, one way is free. That's download the Black Star Network app. That, of course, uh, is on all available platforms. Show the graphic, please. We want y'all uh, to get this thing in because, again, uh, we are building something here. Uh, we have been, uh, of course, uh, laying out the different uh, downloads. Uh, so we're on all other platforms, folks, all the platforms uh, you can go to. You can go to uh, Apple phone, Android phone. You can go to, uh, of course, uh, Android TV, Apple TV, Roku TV uh, as well. 
uh, you can go to Amazon Fire Stick, Xbox uh, One, uh, Samsung Smart TV as well. As I said, uh, we want to thank all of you uh, for helping us hit uh, this milestone, 20,000 downloads. Uh, we launched, of course, on September 4th, uh, and so we hit that. And our goal, of course, uh, is get, yep, you see the graphic we put together right there, so go to my iPad. The graphic we put together, of course, uh, we, we, we're going to have 50,000 downloads by uh, December 31st. So please share with all of your friends, all of your friends, uh, our app to download. We want to hit 50,000. So we're at 20,000. It's November 12th. Hey, we got 45, 40, 45 plus days. Let's get, let's double that. Let's get to 50,000 downloads. Uh, and also, again, don't need any birthday gifts. What I want you to do is support us, please, by joining our Bring the Funk fan club. Every dollar you give goes to support the show uh, in terms of our ability to be able to travel, to cover things. Uh, we're here in Los Angeles shooting episodes of Rolling with Roland. Uh, that's where we are right now. Uh, we're going to be launching that new show on the Black Star Network app. You heard, you heard uh, Attorney Ben Crump uh, ask us to come to Brunswick, Georgia, to stay with those black pastors uh, in uh, there. So that's what we're doing right now. And so uh, I'm literally, while we be going through the show, I've been sitting here uh, checking out flights and things along those lines. We might very well, uh, so we're trying to work it out right now. We have to be in New York to do some other interviews uh, on Friday. So I'm trying to work through it right now to be able to go down to Brunswick, Georgia on Wednesday, broadcast from the courthouse on Wednesday, broadcast again from Brunswick, Georgia on Thursday. Then we'll make our way to New York on Friday to do those interviews. Then I have to fly back here to the, to the West Coast uh, to give a speech in Inland Empire, California on Saturday. And so do understand the resources that you give to, to this show allows us to be able to travel, allows us to be able to hire crews, uh, allows us to be able to hire African-American videographers and producers uh, and audio technicians to be able to bring you these kinds of stories, uh, which is important. Uh, let me thank the people who've actually given uh, to our show as we have been live. Alex Thomas, thank you so very much. Uh, let me also thank here uh, Miguel Vasquez. Thank you so very much. Uh, let's see here. I got some other people in here. Just give me a second. Uh, and so uh, let's see here. Hold on. How many people gave? Okay, Miguel, uh, thanks a lot. Uh, let me thank, uh, let's see here. Actually, Miguel, you gave several times. So I certainly appreciate that. Uh, Alex Thomas, again, thank you so very much. Ronnie Jones, thank you so very much. Uh, let me also, um, I'm scrolling through here again. Look at all the people who have supported us uh, as we have been live. Sarah James, thank you so very much as well. Uh, and so let me see who we got here. Uh, and I said this as well, folks, uh, and that is this here. If you want to uh, support, our goal is, is for uh, our members. You see the members, this list is scrolling right now. Uh, what we're asking for every year, total of 20,000 of our fans, if they give on average 50 bucks each, then that's a million dollars, uh, which allows for us to be able to do what we do, uh, to supplement it with the advertising that we get. Again, we are completely independent. Uh, we are there's no corporations. We don't have any billionaires, millionaires supporting us. We don't have any of that. And so we want you to support us. We do this with the money that we ever generate on our YouTube channel, also on our Facebook page. 
plus your giving is critically important. Uh, and so, uh, and so, and, but there's no, there's no minimum. And so we didn't put a, we're not, I'm not charging you a subscription fee for the Black Star Network. People have kept telling me, Roland, you need to charge $4.99 a month. And I said, no, because some of our folks who, who want the content can't afford to pay $4.99 or $7.99 a month because they're paying for all kind of other th different things. And so the Black Star Network, y'all, is free. You don't have to pay for cable to get it. You, you don't have to pay for it to actually get it. But your support, yes, that 50 bucks, that 25, that 30, that 10, that 5, that 1, all matters. We have people who've given us as low as a dollar. Some have given us as high as five and $10,000. And we appreciate every single person uh, who uh, has gifted us. And so please, you can support us via, uh, keep the list rolling, but I'm just going to give the, uh, give the uh, signs. Cash App is dollar sign RM Unfiltered. Venmo is RM Unfiltered. PayPal is R Martin Unfiltered. Zell is rolling at rollinsmartin.com, rolling at rollinmartinunfiltered.com. I'm going to repeat those again. And guys, actually, let's do this here. Uh, on Friday, when we do this here, let's create the crawl. Or you actually, go ahead and put the crawl up. Y'all can actually do that, uh, which allows us to have the crawl uh, of, of how to give. That way, I'm, I'm talking. We can show the uh, charter members, and we can show that. So, again, it's Cash App, RM Unfiltered. It's PayPal, R Martin Unfiltered. Venmo is RM Unfiltered. And again, uh, and Zale, uh, guys, you need to add Zale to the bottom here. Zale is rolling at rollinsmartin.com, rolling at rollinmartinunfiltered.com. If you want to use a credit card, you can simply uh, go, to, go to using Square, go to rollinmartinunfiltered.com, uh, going to Square. And so that's what we got going. We want to thank all of you. We want to thank Kelly. We want to thank uh, Faraji. We want to thank Michael for being on panel. All of our panelists this week. We want to thank our LA crew here, uh, Henry, Anthony, Antoine. We got our crew in DC. We want to thank all of them. We've been crazy busy, y'all, over the past two months traveling on the road. And it actually continues. We're going to be on the road again over the next two or three weeks. Uh, we are building some something amazing. Uh, our production crew was meeting with these shows we're developing, meeting with all these show hosts this week. These things are happening. And so we just want to let you know exactly what's going on. So we certainly appreciate it. Thanks a bunch. Uh, folks, I have to travel tomorrow. Fisk University. I'll see you guys tomorrow. It's your hump homecoming. I'm on a 6.30 a.m. flight out of Los Angeles. I'll be touching down in Nashville. And so I'll see you. I'll be giving my lecture tomorrow. Uh, so I'll be a little tired, but I'll be ready to go. So Fisk, I'll see you tomorrow. Then I'm back in D.C. to celebrate my birthday uh, on Sunday. Folks, thanks a bunch. Y'all take care. Have a good one. Holla! From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.